I appreciate Pastor Cole. I just appreciate what's happening. Do you not appreciate what's happening? Ah, whoo. <laughs> this is our church. God's doing stuff amidst us. And thank you for being a part of it. And so let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving and let's keep doing it together. Right? It's a lot better to do it together. Sometimes we have to do it by ourselves. Sometimes we have to be alone. There's places for that and times for that. But man, I, I, I rally when we can do it together. And we can. We can because God says all things are possible to us. And he said he can strengthen all of us. All right. Let me get the preaching. I'll never get done. All right. Where are we? I need to get my notes. All you all smiling up there? <laughs> That's great. We're having fun upstairs. All right. Uh, I'm going to finish what I started last Sunday night. Awake to righteousness. Go ahead and turn your Bibles. First Corinthians. Chapter number 15, I got two more points and we'll be done tonight. And we got the Lord's Supper, so we're going to move right along. And uh, amidst, amidst uh, uh, victories, the devil is still around. We're not going to uh, completely have, uh, in a sense, of rest until he's vanquished and until... Our sin nature is eradicated, and God gives us a new body. And in that heaven that we think of in the new, uh, in Jerusalem, when the new heaven comes, and uh, the, the 1,000 year is over, and the bottomless pit is opened up again, and the devil comes, and the great battle happens. When that is all said and done, then for the first time, you're going to feel, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to sigh, and it's going to be an everlasting sigh. It's going to be, uh, and nothing will ever bother us again. Heaven is going to be amazing. And if you're lost today, you don't even have hope of getting there. So I challenge you before I start, there's plenty of people here that know Jesus. Jesus was a real person, and he came, and he gave his very best himself. He died. A lot of people talk about Jesus, and they have different perspective of Jesus, but the Bible is clear about who Jesus is. He's God, and God realized that he could not, and he realized we could not save ourselves, and he said, I'm going to send my son, and his son did the job. There's nothing else to be added to what, the, what Jesus did. You're talking about somebody that's loving you. You know, sometimes even in church, we look good, we sound good, we seem to be nice people. But if you get to know us enough, you'll find that there's some sin nature inside of us. And the reason we really come together here is because there is a God that is without sin. And really why we're all here is because we want to have him. And so you're not any different from any of us. You might be brand new. You said, I've never stepped foot in a church like this. 
I've never heard people say the things they say. I've never even heard those songs that were sung today. Don't get lost in all of those things that we do. Let me just bring it down to the bare bottom. The reason why these doors are open, the reason why we have lights on, and in the winter we have heat, in the summer we have air conditioning, and we have padded pews, and we have classes for children, we have classes for teenagers, and we try to do something with the seniors, and we try something to do with the singles. The reason for all of the things that we do is because we want Jesus. And we want you to have him before you leave, the real Jesus of the Bible. He's got nothing else he's asking from you except for to listen to his offer of himself to you. He says, I love you so much. I didn't just talk about it. I did something about it. I died for you. And if only you would accept me, I will give you eternal life that all these people are shouting and talking about. And you will not be any different than them. You will have that eternal life. And at that moment, I can't wait for that moment. When finally we get the sigh of relief, we go, and we will have everlasting peace. There will be no more, nothing to bother us. Wow. That's what I'm looking forward to. And it's going to be exciting. And so uh, get Jesus. Get Jesus if you don't have him. Now look at 1 Corinthians. I'm in second. You guys did better than me. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 33. And this is something we do just to honor the word of God. So we'll stand to honor his word. And we'll read uh, verse 33 to verse 34. And if you don't have a Bible, find somebody next to you that have one and they'll share one with you. If you have your Bible, just look at it. I'll read it to you. It says in that passage, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Lord, we come to you tonight, and as we further our study that we started last Sunday night, I pray you'd help me simply to be a teacher. Help me to be clear. Help me to be uh, understandable. Help me to uh, to say the things that I need to say. Lord, I pray that you'd help the listener to be undisturbed. I pray that the disturbance would slip right out of here. Lord, I pray that there'll be no disturbance. I pray that the devil will feel that he's not at all welcome in this place. And Lord, we don't want him here. And we don't want his influence. We don't want his spirit. We don't want his antagonizing, proudful, uh, envious spirit. We don't want any of it. We want to discard of it. Lord, I pray we want to hear from your Holy Ghost as he teaches. Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We talked about a way to righteousness, and I brought the, the principle and the idea of this. Uh, a lot of times, the devil has a tactic and a very, very good technique and strategy, and that is to get you comfortable, to get you to a place where it seems like nothing is going wrong. And I don't give him the credit for God's blessings, all right? But we did see in Job's life that God super, super, uh, super uh, what do you call this? He's overall in charge of individual life. And the devil had to ask God permission to do what he did, and God gave the permission. Now, God vouched for Job because God knew Job's heart. 
And so may I say this to us, uh, uh, the devil will come seemingly when everything is okay, when family is good, when, when church is good, when, when giving is good, when, when, when it seems like it's on the uprise. It's on, uh, not uprise, but on the way up, right? It's going great. And uh, I, I, I preach a message of admonition and warning that be careful. We're not at that great yet. The enemy's still around. And we need to be aware. And I had three thoughts. We started with one. And in, in, in review, we talked about self-awareness, that we need to be aware of ourselves. And that is, we need to know our vulnerability. We need to know our weaknesses. We need to know what the Bible talks about it, our faults, what we are weak at, where we can be susceptible to his temptation. And we need to make some boundaries and comes in standard. That's why sometimes standard is different from every one of us. Because some of us are weaker in areas than others, all right? And God understands that, and he gives us, individuals, truths from the word of God that is unchanging. It's always going to be the truth, but he gives us, in some ways, liberty to exhibit boundaries and standards. Standard doesn't make you holy. It does not. The only one that makes us holy is Jesus. But the holiness that God gives us, our standards we create, protects us from shattering or damaging our holiness. It's not that it's going to get damaged, but we're protecting the name of God. We don't want any occasion for the enemy to blaspheme the name of Jesus. All right? And we're protecting not only uh, the name of God, we're protecting other people that are weaker than us. And the Bible talks about be careful that the things that you allow doesn't condemn you, but... More so, you are not a stumbling block to a, weaker vet, to a weaker brother. And so there's some of those principles. I don't have time to develop them. But self-awareness will keep you minded of how are you operating. All right? How are you doing personally? Because we already talked about this. Individual life has an effect on other people. No man is an island. Uh, God made us. And he uh, uses us to help other people, and our life affect other people, all right? And so we have to be very mindful and be self-aware because our downfall is what the devil might use to destroy others that are close to us. Fathers, well, you seemingly are involved in activities that you feel you can control. It's not going to hurt my family. And the devil is going to lie to you. Yep, you're right, dude. You can handle this. Just look a little bit more. All right, go here. And he works on you until he destroys you. And sad to say, he doesn't stop destroying you. He's destroying those that you love, those that are close to you, that affect you. A little folly in a man of giving an honor and reputation uh, it's like the Bible talks about they have ointments back then that were precious. We just talked about it in Sunday school, the lady with the alabaster box. And the same idea is if a little fly falls into that beautiful perfume uh, uh, aroma of ointment, if it gets put in there, it will destroy that priceless, almost very, very valuable commodity at the time of the Bible in the New Testament. And so it likens that if somebody was in a position of honor. So do you not think... Do you not think in those that are, are honored in the church, those that have, have a good name, that God has given you uh, a, a grace to live a righteous life? You're an example to many of us. Guess what? 
The devil's after you. He's got a target on you. So don't be thinking, well, I read my Bible, I pray, I, I go uh, do the right things, so I'm just going to take it easy and relax a little bit. No, you're insusceptible. You're a target, and the devil wants to get you because if he gets you, he'll get a whole bunch of people. All right? So just be mindful of self-awareness. We talked about that. What's another thing? Number two, a second, second point, we talked about self-awareness. Number two is the situation that we're in, situational awareness. We need to be mindful of our surroundings, what's going on around us. The atmosphere, Pastor Cole has been very good to talk about Hamas. We're talking about Israel. We raised the flag here in honor of them. And we prayed several times here in, uh, in, in the way of uh, public praying with all the men come here. Several men prayed uh, publicly on the pulpit. And I hope that every day as we raise this flag here in remembrance of Israel, we are praying for the situation going on in the Middle East. All right? All the Palestinians that have nothing to do with hurting Israel. They're just simply living they're alive and they're involved. And so pray for them and pray for all those that want Hamas. Uh, Hamas, one of them, wants Israel destroyed. And there's many of them. Hezbollah, all right? And uh, there's tension in that area. Egypt it doesn't want to join, but they're getting affected a little bit with even friendly bombs coming to their way. So just pray. I don't say those things. And pastor doesn't say those things to scare us. It's just so that we can be aware and we can pray. And we know the time is coming that all of these must transpire because of prophecy. It will happen because God said so. And so not to be scared, not to be alarmed, not to be panicked, but to be alert, awake, and watching. Right? That's what God wants us to be, to be alert, awake, and we were watching for the things to come. Look at Ephesians 5. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5 and verse number 13. Situational awareness. I told you before that some of the things that I was taught helped me in Christian life, and one of them was driver's ed. And another one was the safety hunter course that I took when I was a young kid. Uh, they gave me a gun in my hand, and they told me to be aware of the gun, be aware of where it points, how I hold the trigger, right? Uh, that if I'm going to go ahead and lift up my gun, the trigger is not on the gun because I'm not ready to shoot. And it has to be on that safety mode. And then I have to be looking that when I raise that, I'm not pointing at anybody. And that I know full well what's behind my target. So all along in that safety idea, the mindful of being safe, because you have a deadly weapon in your hand. It can be a deadly weapon, all right? But it's a tool, all right? Firearms are tools. It can be a deadly weapon, but uh, there's danger in it. So I have to be aware of it. And the use of it, and so is with a vehicle. That's why we went and bit taught how to drive properly. And I scared my instructor one time because uh, I was not aware of what I was supposed to do when a bus, a school bus, would come by. Well, sure enough, a school bus was coming by, and the yellow light was coming on. And I thought yellow lights, just like any yellow light, speed up. Well, I didn't gauge my distance right that if I did speed up, I was being really fast, right about where the bus was going to go ahead and put the red light on. And, well, the instructor realized that, and he slammed on the brakes. He's got a brake on his side of the car. All right? I was driving this side, and, and i just not paying attention. And I thought, man, I'm doing great. I'm staying in the lines. And we're actually going the speed limit, you know? And so I'm doing great. And then he slammed on the brake. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget his red face, and he looked at me, what are you doing? 
wow, man, that was scary for me. Uh, being in the Philippines, if you know my culture, we don't get yelled at like that in front of a bunch of people behind me driving. So I felt that really small. And culturally, that's something I don't experience in the Philippines. And he did that. He said, what are you doing? And then the school bus driver looked at me like, and I'm like, whoa. And then the parents were like, wow, I wanted to be out of here. Get me out of here. But see, I wasn't being aware of the situation that I was in because I could have easily hurt somebody. All right? So in, in, in Christianity, we need to be aware of ourselves, and we need to be aware of what's going on because we can hurt ourselves, and we can hurt other people. Why? Because there's a danger in our, in our Christian walk. What is that? We have an enemy. We are at war. We're not just sitting around doing uh, doing uh, fun stuff, this is serious stuff, serious decision that we have to make and we have to be aware of our situation. Look at Ephesians 5. I got you there. I'm not there. Ephesians 5. And let me read to you verse number 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever that make manifest is light. Verse 14. Of Ephesians 5. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So if you're lost, you don't even have this danger. You don't even know the danger you're in. And you have no idea to the full extent of what sin is doing to you, and what sin is going to do to anybody that affects, uh, is affected by it. Because you're dead. But Christ says, Come to me, and I will show you what sin is, and I will make you free of it, completely free of it. And see, that's the lie the devil tells us, that sin is under our control. We enjoy it. We, wanna, we, we can do what, what, it, what we want, but really it's like a fire. You can't control it. And if you're playing with it, as God looks at you, he looks at you that you're being foolish. Why are you doing that? There is no way you can control that fire. And you go playing around, seeing how close you can get to it and dancing around it. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get hurt. All right? And that's how he sees it. But we have no situational awareness. We don't know the scripture. And so we kind of mosey around, just like the Bible talks about in Proverbs, a simple man. In a simple fall, not knowing what God says. And so be very aware of your surrounding. See verse 15 See then, is a famous verse, see then that you walk circumspectly. Knowing all these things I just told you, verse 15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And I know it's cliche to hear this. Get into the word. Know the word of God. Know the God of the word. Just get know God in his word and know what he says. Why? Because it will help you in your situational awareness. You will have God's perspective as the world is falling apart. You can stand strong in God's promises while everybody else is pulling their hair and saying, what am I doing? All the things I'm trusting, they're all falling apart. And see, if you got God and you know God, you have God and you have God's perspective, guess what? You can rest. 
You can rest in his word because you know what God says. What happens if you don't know what God says? That's why you need to be wise according to the scripture. Know God's word. So you to be aware of the surroundings around you and the people that affect you and the surrounding uh, situation, you need to know the word of God. You need to see this world and all around you from this book. You see it through this book. So as if you were walking, literally, you're going like this. Oh, that's what the Bible says. Oh, that's what the Bible says. Oh, that's what the Bible says. Oh, they're lost. They need Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I need to tell them about Jesus. And that's what you're doing all along, aware of your surrounding. Awake to righteousness. Can't be walking around blind, leading the blind. And the blind people are those that don't know God and don't know God's word. And so we need to know God's word. We need to know God's word. Look at Mark, chapter number 14. Mark, chapter number 14. And verse number 33. I promise you, after I'm done, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. Mark, chapter number 14. All right? Mark, chapter number 14, and verse number 33. You can't put your head in the sand spiritually and make it. You have to be aware. You have to be aware. You have to see things through God's word. All right, a brother said this to you. Or you're going to interpret that how? You're going to interpret it humanly? Or you're going to try to put God's word in there and say maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they didn't mean what they say. Maybe I need to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I'm just going to wait and see what really is before I retaliate and say some things I'm going to regret. All right? And so some of those things need to be in mind. Look at Mark 14 and verse number 33. Mark chapter number 14 and verse... Number 33. Take heed, watch, and pray. For you know not when the time is, for the Son of Man is a man taken, uh, sorry, for the Son of Man is as a man taken a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Am I on the right place here? No, I'm reading you 13. Mark 14 and verse, although those are good verses, but I'm not going there. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you, Lord. It's the same word. Take heed and watch and pray. Look at verse where we need to be in verse 33. All right? Verse 33. And he take it with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. All right? And said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry here, here. Tarry here. Tarry ye here and watch. And when he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Talking about the Gethsemane here. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not that I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. And said unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? And here's the, the, the train of thought, what he was talking about. It was more than that they were sleeping physically, but here's a spiritual connotation to what he's saying. Verse 38, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. See, the spirit of God empowers us. We have a responsibility to get the flesh in the program. We have the responsibility to get our flesh in the program of the Holy Ghost. 
That's why there's verses in scripture that tells us to that, that, that we need to subject our flesh. That's why there's verses that tells us to not give occasion to the flesh. That's why there's verses that tells us to die in the flesh, to die daily. Why is all of that there? Because the Holy Ghost is the one that wills in us to do his good pleasure. And so if we're in sync with the Holy Ghost, there's a greater chance for us to do what's right and to be not tempted to do and fall if we are synced together with the Holy Ghost. Because in him and I working together in my personal life, guess what he's going to do? He's going to make sure that I die to myself. He's going to make sure that I'm not putting occasion, opportunity for my sin to fall. All right? And he's going to give me things in that I have to put my mind into captivity, to in subjection, that I put my, my thoughts into subjection, and that I put my body into subjection to his will. You see that? And if you're doing that, you have to be aware you can't be coasting, and you can't be coasting, I should say, and you cannot just be uh, living a life that, that, you, that you're not paying attention. You, you have to be aware of those things. And look at what it says in verse 39. And again he went away and prayed and spake unto the same words. So twice he said what he said in verse 38 to them. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And verse 40, and when he returned... He found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they what to answer him. So he came back the second time, uh, and, and, and they didn't have anything to say. Because, <laughs> what are they going to say? They just, they just were caught again. And verse 41, and he come at the third time, and said unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. It is not enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayed me is at hand. And guess what happens when those parties shows up? Did Peter act properly? No, he acted in what? In the flesh. He cut off one of the servants' ear. How about the other guys? Well, the other guys ran away. At first, all of them ran away. Now, we found later that Peter went to the camp uh, where he was uh, being uh, uh, questioned. And then we know that John was at the crucifixion. We know that, all right? But you see here that, that idea of what Jesus said in verse 38. Watch ye and pray. And here's some words that is scary. Sleep. And it says, take your rest. All right? And I'm saying to you guys again. I know after a long, long time of labor, somebody needs a rest. Yes, I understand that. But see, that's the tactic of the devil. It feels like when we accomplish something that God wants us to accomplish, our human flesh wants to take a break. Pastor, do you not realize what we have done? We have done so much. Can we take a little break? Now, I don't have a problem with a little bit of rest so that we can be rejuvenated, so that we can do the work again. Christ talked about, I'm not talking about that. But when I'm talking about shutting off the spiritual mind and our alertness and our awareness and say, no, it's okay, the enemy's pretending the enemy's not, it's not there. But he is. He is there. That's why you have to be mindful of what you're doing and how you are around you. Are the people that we have around in our life are keeping us right with God or are they 
causing us to walk away from God? How should the people that are influencing you, are you watchful of the friends you're making and the influence they have on you? Are the influence uh, allow you and help uh, guide you into making spiritual decisions? Or are they just patting you on the back? Are they just flattering you? Or uh, they're really advising you against scripture? How's your friends around you? How's your greatest advisor? What did they advise you? Did I advise you uh, close to the Lord? They, they, their advice tend to make you come to the Lord, or they tend to have you drawn away from the teaching of the Word of God. So think about that. Uh, maybe if they're leading you the wrong way, you should find new friends. You should find new friends. And lastly, and we're not going to take a long time. We know this, I'm, I'm hoping. Number three is we need to be uh, aware of satanic uh, awareness. Satan is around. And his power is still on earth. He's the prince and powers of the air. And he's the God of this world, the Bible talks about. And he uses people and society and culture and different things to get us derailed. All right, look at First Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. I'll make sure I'll read chapter 5 this time. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. Be sober. Be serious-minded. Be vigilant. Aware. Because it's fun to be a Christian and there's nothing to worry about. Because your adversary, you have an enemy. There is some entity, the, the, the devil... And this is the world and the flesh. They're out to get you to fall. And be aware of that. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Not just destroy, but completely obliterate. He wants you gone out of existence. He wants you totally off. He's out there, and he'll come when you least expect him. So have little time. So have little time, and in fact, make no time for idleness. Be very aware, alert, because he will come. He will come when you feel like you've won. He'll come. He'll come. Did not the people of Israel make the same problem? They swarm. And won miraculously against Jericho. And the next city they had to conquer was a small little conquering. A small place. It's AI. Uh, is that what I, am, I, am I right with that? And guess what? They underestimated. They didn't even, even talk to God about it. They sent just a few. They overestimated. And that's what we do when we win a victory. When God does something, when everything seems to be right, when we feel like I'm the good husband that I need to be, I'm the good wife that I need to be, I'm the children, i just so perfect right now, there's nothing wrong. Whew, that's when the devil goes in and says, that's the prime heart I need to work on, and uh, I can get them to fall really bad here. And so be very aware uh, about that. David was not where he should have been. We know that in Second Samuel 11, 1 and 2. 
when kings are supposed to go off the bat, I was trying to look for the verse. I was reading in my Bible reading at one point. There was another instance when that phrase was already spoken of about David, that he was not where he's supposed to be as a king. He should have been off the battle. But at that point, nothing happened. It was just there. And then again, it was talked about in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, verse 1 to 2, and that same phrase shows up. When the kings were off to be in battle, he was not there. And he was not there where he's supposed to be. And it's simply that. David had no aspiration. I don't think David had intention at that moment when he walked up on the roof. But you see, he probably should have been at war. But he wasn't. And he took lightly to that. And guess what? That sin that he committed with Bathsheba led to more sins and killing of Uriah. And then the sword just fell upon that house. And David, I'm going to say this to you, he was a great repenter, but David was not the same man after that sin. And all it was, may I say this to you, he was on the rooftop. And thing in his country was going uh, well, and he said, no, Joab can handle the, 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 the war. I'm not putting words in the word of God here, so scratch all of that if you don't believe that. But he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And simply by not where he was supposed to be, that whole devastation happened. And the devil says, good, David. I want to make sure that you see Bathsheba taking a bath. And then here's another one in Samson. Now, Samson was a bit more presumptuous. He was ego walking around most of the time. God used him. But uh, because God uses anybody uh, that he can. And uh, man, Samson uh, in Judges 16 who was he hanging around with? He should not be with that woman, Delilah. He had problem with women too. And he should not have been with Delilah. And Delilah, come on now, you have to be dumb to fall for what Samson fell for. How many times did she blatantly ask him, where does your power lie? And he told him a ridiculous situation, and all of a sudden it happened. And then it happened again. He fell asleep, and he lullabied him to sleep. And, all right, I take your rest to sleep about God and righteousness. And he's the one that wished not that the Holy Ghost was gone. Remember that? That's the same Samson I'm talking about. The strongest man. And see what happens here is that she did it again. And to the same account, Samson, come on now, again. And then he see, finally he goes... He got tired of her asking, so he just told her. And then at that time, she was persistent, just like the devil. He's persistent. And he finally told him, told her the string and found out when he woke up, he had no strength. May I caution us, Christian, if we feel like we're walking right, we're doing right. May I caution you strongly, watch out, watch out, because you have an enemy. He's not happy if you're doing right, first of all, and if you're doing that right, that well, you say you are, then he's going after you. He's going after your marriages, he's going after your family, and he's going after you. You sit in the back there, he's going after you young people, you young men that sit back there, all right? He's going to use every tactic he can to get to you. He's going to use money. I'm not picking on you. I can't pick on you. I love all of you. You guys looking at me. Smile now. Help me out. I can't pick on someone. They got mad at me. He's going to use your phone. 
He's going to use your cell phones back there. He's going to use your cell phones and get you distracted from listening to the preaching and get you when you're not watching. He's going to use friends. He's going to use jobs. He's going to use seemingly like open doors of opportunities. So may I say this, as it says in 1 Corinthians, our, our opening passage, awake to righteousness. What I mean by that, I'm not saying if you're doing right, I'm glad you're doing right. Praise the Lord. But for you to keep doing right, be at an alert because he's coming. You don't want to drop the guard down. Man, that's exciting what we're about to do. Guess what? I'm going to be watching for the devil. He's going to come in the midst of I just said what I said. You see what's happening at our church? Seeing all these things happening? Guess what we're going to watch for? The devil's going to say, I'm going to find their weakness. Man, they're, they're, they're rejoicing in their God. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to sneak this person in and see if they're, uh, they're paying attention. I'm going to find where they're weak at, and I'm going to attack it. Because I hate them. I hate them. I hate the God they serve. I can't, I can't stand it when they sing praises to the Lord from their heart. I can't stand it when the kids are singing full tilt and praising God from, from their songs at junior church. I don't, I, don't, I don't like it when they go to Sunday school. So I'm going to find something. I'm going to get those parents mad at each other about their little babies. I'm going, to find, I'm going to find something to stir up the pot in that church because they're all a bunch of flesh anyway. So I'm going to, get the bu- I'm going to push all the buttons I can. I'm going to get that assistant uh, uh, worker there at the, at the Sunday school to get mad at the main teacher. I'm going to make him criticize that main teacher. I'm just going to do it because I hate the God they serve. So now that we're doing all these things for the Lord, guess what we need to do? Just like Nehemiah. We have a sword in one hand and working on the other hand. All right, pastor, what else do we need to do? All right, let's go help the veterans. Let's try to be a blessing. All right, I'm baking the bread, but I'm watching. Hey, well, you have a bad attitude. Don't have a bad attitude. Is that you, devil? Now, don't say that somebody is going to get punched, right? (laughs) Jesus said this to Peter, the one he loved. The person he talked about, he loved to the end. He said this to him. Get thee behind me, Satan. See, Jesus was aware of his surrounding. And even the person that he was working with, Peter, he saw the spirit of of the devil and said, I'm aware of you, Satan. I know how you work. Shut up. Get behind me. Who's the devil going to use amongst us? All of us would say, no, not me. Well, then we need to practice some of this. Awake to righteousness. Be alert. Be awake. How's your reaction time? That's when he gets us most of the time. When it's not planned. When somebody drops a negative comment to you, you are not even expecting. It's Sunday morning. It is time to go to church. I got my happy face pin. I'm happy. And, 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 and uh, you don't sing right. And you're not expecting that out of the blue. What are you going to do about that? Be situational aware about that. Be uh, Satan aware about that and self-aware about that and say, 
you know what, I don't sound right. I'll get better. I'll be under Kyle's tutelage, and we're going to sing the Do-Re-Mis, and I'm going to open my soft palate. I didn't even know I had. I'm going to open that up. I'm going to help myself. I'm going to try to sing right. And so try to improve, but then at the same time, is that really a big deal? We make everything a big deal. Let's just let it kind of like water on a duck's back, some of that, and just kind of like, all right. But I'm going to sing, you know, so that's what you do. You just move on. We have an enemy within and without. We need to seriously pay attention to what is going on. There are spiritual dangers that we need to stay away from. And so, my friends, I hope you are awake to righteousness.